0: Abbotsford Convent. Go to www.bwap.com.au for more info or ring 94171983. A 3CR supporter. Well, 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 here we are, back in the flesh after two weeks kind of wandering around Outback Australia in a non-four-wheel vehicle with one or two punches, but that's good. It's good to get out of Melbourne, I tell you now. Now, Anarchist will this week will be on. Now, all those of you who are salivating at the possibility of joining the Wednesday Action Group, sorry, unlike me, they have a break. They won't be back till the 6th of February. So, uh, and those of you who are wondering about the uh, dinners, sorry, doesn't happen till February. Unfortunately, other people don't seem to have the same energy. That you and I have, because you're listening to the program, obviously you're energetic, you actually got up and you switched on the radio or uh, to say, uh, on the live, or whatever, on the net or something. So, how am I have? I'm going to kill this time? Now, oh, don't forget, one of the first major activities of 2019, the Tundaminawe Mawbore Unit commemoration, on the uh, 24th of January, that's Sunday, great chance to get the kitties Grab them by the year If they're under 14 They don't have much choice Bring them to the Tanaminawa Moobohina Commemoration Starting at midday sharp At the Tanaminawa Moobohina Monument At the corner of Victoria And Franklin Street In Melbourne There'll be uh, people talking From about 12 to 1 And if you can't make it It is being broadcast live On 3CR between 12 and 1 And at 1 o'clock As we normally do We will be walking down to the Queen of Victoria Markets To pay our respects To Tanaminoi and Mubuhina At the site where we think uh, Their bodies are, were buried After they were executed on the 25th of January 177th anniversary Why would you bother? Think about it Think about the, think about the uh, Uluru conference uh, Was it over a year ago? One of the, one of the major recommendations Was truth telling This is all about truth telling I'll speak more about it during the program so you do have a chance Now, now just in case you've got any spare cash over Christmas We're doing a few major mail outs Yes, we still do mail outs For public interest before corporate interests. We need three or four, five, six, seven hundred, uh, one dollar stamps I'm not asking you to send them all But if you've you got a few stamps out there Left after Christmas Because nobody sends Christmas cards And you bought those stamps But never sent those cards Post them to us at post office box 20 Parkville 3052, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Every dollar helps because if you can't help uh, as an activist because you're old, you're infirm, you're bored, you're listless, you can't be bothered getting off in front of the TV set. Well, this is one one, one way to help us. We don't ask for money, we ask for $1 stamps. And why $1 stamps? That's what it costs to send a letter. And why do we send letters? public interest before corporate interests. We've got a Congress coming on the 16th of March, uh, which is a a Saturday, looking at uh, policy initiatives. And uh, sometimes when you send people emails, they don't get them. They think it's junk. So uh, when you get a letter, you normally get it. All right, we're almost about to reach the point when the... Spaceship arrives and beams us up into the stratosphere so we can speak to everybody in Australia as well as the rest of the world via the world wide net. This is the anarchist world this week. It is live. We're about to begin the program. The satellite is upon us. The community radio network has kidnapped us. Here we go. Evil minds that plot destruction. The Anarchist Wool this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Good day, not good morning, not good afternoon, not good evening. Who knows when you listen to The Anarchist Wool this week? Because the program is podcast, you can access the podcast at any time by going to 3cr.org.au My name is Joseph Toscar, I'm hosting the Anarchist World this week The program is live, apologies for the two pre-records But even I sometimes need to have a change of scenery Forget about the word rest, change of scenery And what did I do during my vacation? Well I drove 6,000 kilometres around Outback Australia dirt tracks, that track, Mari, Kuba P, the Uluru, you name it. And I learned a lot of things. That Australia isn't just the capital cities. Now before I start meandering on about that, if you wonder what anarchy is all about, it comes from the word anarchos, which means without rulers. So the idea of uh, the major thrust of anarchist campaigns is about Devolving power, which basically means sharing power Changing the mechanism by which we make decisions uh, Into an inclusive network And uh, sharing wealth Simple concepts What creates rulers? Inequalities in power and wealth How do you create a a society without rulers? You devolve power, which means you share power and you share wealth Simple concepts You don't need a PhD or whatever To understand very simple concepts Unfortunately in Australia today As we've all seen Over the past 40 years Yes I'm going to use the four words again Relax during the deregulation Privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation Revolution that swept Over this land And the rest of the world is what we've seen Is a radical Change In the way wealth is Both created and distributed 40 years ago Two thirds of every dollar, that's 66.66666 cents 666666 that was a uh, profit, went to the workers' pockets, the people who actually create, made that, made that uh, profit, and one third went to the pockets of investors. 40 years later, because of government legislation, because of globalisation, because of corporatisation, because of deregulation, because of breaking down competition in the marketplace by uh, privatising public uh, assets, we've seen that within 40 years, one-third of every dollar which is created as profit goes into the pockets of those who create that profit, workers, and two-thirds of of every dollar goes into the pockets of investors. So in an era when housing prices are beginning to wobble, not fall, but beginning to wobble and starting to slide, in an era where there has been no wage increases for uh, years, In an era where unemployment seems to be an intractable problem, in an era when uh, casualisation is the main main game and subcontracting is the main game, we are in as a community and as a people, we are in for a pretty tough time in 2019. So. Let's look at the issue of housing Because the issue of housing is still, in my opinion The central issue facing the community Facing us, you and me and everybody else not listening to this program Facing Australians in 2019 Housing is not just a matter of homelessness It's a much, 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 much bigger issue because obviously obviously if you're homeless it's the issue but it's becoming an issue for a lot of people what we've seen over the last 20 years as uh, an extraordinary rise in the price of housing has housing through government legislation which includes negative gearing another Piece of government legislation has become a commodity it has become a speculative uh, endeavour for investors and at the height of the rise and rise in housing prices over half of all houses which were bought were being bought by investors I mean Australia is an extraordinary country when you think about it you get a tax deduction for only more than one house but you don't get a tax deduction if you're trying to buy your first house. It's quite an extraordinary place, but this is where we live. This is what we have to deal with. So housing, so why is housing important? Well, security, provide you security. When you and in the bank, own a piece of land, you've got security, security of tenure. And anybody who's listening to this program is rented for years, knows how it's almost impossible to make long-term plans in most rental accommodation. So because housing has become a commodity, a speculative commodity, what we've seen is an extraordinary rise in the cost of housing. Not due to the cost of construction, That has had a a minor impact But due to the fact that this speculative bubble has been created For example, over the last 20 years Housing prices in the major capital cities Have increased between 450 to 500% That means if you bought a property 20 years ago Worth $250,000, it would be worth over a million dollars now And it's quite easy to pay a million dollars for a free bedroom home with a minimal garden these days. As wages have only increased by about 30% during this period, we can see that this country has a major issue because only one third of Australians own their own home outright and most of them are elderly Australians who've spent all their lives um, paying off a mortgage. So one third of Australians are, are renting and another third are in a little bit of a contract, a contract with Lucifer, with the banks, in terms of mortgage repayments. Currently, interest rates have been exceptionally low and people have been loaded with debt in order to acquire some security as far as housing is concerned. So in 2019, at the beginning of 2019, the issue of housing is the central, the main issue, which affects each and every one of us. It also affects people who are own their property outright because as housing prices escalate, government charges and rates and property taxes escalate. So it is an issue for everybody. So what are we going to do about it? Well, it seems nothing. I know the Labor Party is talking about uh, getting rid of negative gearing for uh, new home sales if they're elected in a few months' time. And I know they made some noises about providing some money for increased uh, private housing. But, unfortunately, we are seeing no new ideas into this space. No new ideas into this space. None whatsoever. And what we are seeing is the total domination of the housing market, both rental and mortgage by the private sector when the state refuses to intervene in providing access Of basic necessities like housing, and you leave it to the private market, what we see is an escalation of prices over and over again because there is no competition. It's a little bit like saying that, you know, in the grocery world there's two or three, possibly four major players, but you know, competition is lacklustre at best. What happens when you privatise public assets, you decrease competition in the community. And this is what's occurred with housing. Because in Victoria, which I'm familiar with, government policies that have basically transferred, which are basically designed to transfer the responsibility of providing Housing to people who cannot afford to enter the private uh, housing market has been transferred to privately owned organisations which call themselves, you know, community, um, you know, housing and affordable housing associations to fill that gap. While the investment in public housing, not just in terms of creating new public houses, but in terms of upkeep, is non-existent. So what we've seen is a public housing scheme which was designed initially about 60 years ago to provide secure, stable housing accommodation for people who could not access housing in the private rental market because they're on social security benefits or because they earned low wages, that concept is now disappeared. It's gone out out the door, disappeared. So what we are seeing is the total privatisation of the public housing sector. So it's not expected for us to see an increase in homelessness in the community, a visible increase in in homelessness in the community. So, what are we offering as a solution? Well, the solution is very simple. Everybody says it's complex. Everybody says "Homelessness, homelessness is complex. Everybody says... Getting people into their own home is a complex problem. Well it's a complex problem if you make it complex. I mean if I had two match if I had two matchsticks and a matchbox, I could either strike a match on the side of the box and hey presto. I'm a god, I've created fire, or I could try to rub the two matchsticks together. And what we're seeing, with government attempts at the local, state and federal level, especially at the state and federal level, to deal with the problems of housing security and homelessness, is them having a matchbox there ready, which they can actually just strike and resolve the problem instantly, but reverting back To the idea of rubbing two matchsticks together It's quite extraordinary Now in Victoria Again which I'm familiar with We've had a Boom in construction Only In Melbourne And to a lesser degree in two or three regional centres Including Ballarat, Bendigo and Geelong But as far as the rest Of Victoria is concerned Construction infrastructure Has been minimal Very minimal, to say the least. And that's one thing you learn when you travel. You see things with your own eyes. So what's our solution? Well, our solution is very simple. It is no different to the solution which we offered last year. It is no different to the solution which the 10-day November campaign from the uh, 14th to 24th of November was built around. It's about quarantining, earmarking, stamp duty, Revenue for public housing Very simple Every state Has a stamp duty on you Having the privilege To buy private accommodation Okay You pay stamp duty on it Simple isn't it You pay stamp duty Very simple Last year Almost $6 billion was collected in Victoria In stamp duty revenue If that money is earmarked specifically for public housing, you can do many, many things, not just house people. And this is where people make the mistake of thinking it's just about housing. It's about an economy. It's about about how an an economy is structured. It's about disposable income. It's about purchasing power. So if we allocate Say 80% of the money Which is collected in stamp duty $5 billion And leave the other billion for You know um, Repairs and whatever And increase the Ministry of Housing You will find that we can resolve A lot of issues I know words mean everything That's one thing I've learned Being on the planet long enough And I was quite interested to see A piece of correspondence from the so-called Ministry of Housing in Victoria, talking about community housing. I was quite interested to see that now the Aboriginal Housing Cooperative, which theoretically owns the homes they were given the titles to uh, over a year ago by the Andrews-led Labor Government, has now joined a common waiting list. So we've got a public housing list, a community housing list, an affordable housing list and an Aboriginal housing list, all lumped into one. Lumped into one. Because they want us to think there's no difference between community housing, public housing, etc. And obviously, there is a fundamental difference. One is owned by private enterprise, irrespective of whether they're for profit or not for profit, and one is owned by the state. Now, if you allocate those $6 billion to public housing, you could... Eradicate homelessness in one month And those of you who think I've lost lost my marbles Think about it Homelessness creates many problems Not just for the individual who's homeless But for the community That needs to support that individual As that individual battles With the physical and psychological stress and strain finding themselves homelessness and creating greater medical needs greater use of resources if you allocate that six billion dollars to public housing you can spot purchase homes around the state and house people who are homeless within four months you would have nobody who didn't want to sleep rough sleeping rough on the streets of this state and of Australia. Very simple. It's not hard, especially now that housing prices are falling. Great time for a government to enter the marketplace and spot purchase homes. But the idea of public housing is not just to deal with homelessness. It's about housing security. It's about giving people who are now renting not by choice, but because they can't enter the private housing market who need security of tenure for themselves and their children, it gives them the opportunity to live in stable housing at a reasonable cost. And normally it's 25% of income. It's based on income and market price. So, if $6 billion was allocated to public housing in Victoria every year, you could house 25, you could house almost 100,000 people every year in public housing. So what does providing secure, stable accommodation for people who are not able to buy in the private marketplace, what are the advantages of allocating this money directly to public housing and not to the community and affordable housing sector, not to the private sector. What are the advantages? The advantages are many-fold. One, providing secure, stable accommodation for families who are having difficulty in the private rental market decreases family violence, decreases the need for police intervention, decreases the amount of uh, resources that are necessary to deal with that dysfunction, increases community security. Secondly, if you have a strong public housing sector and a significant proportion of the population lives in public housing, say, 25 to 30 percent what that does is it puts downward pressure on housing prices and as housing prices decrease what you can see is more people entering the private marketplace and buying housing especially younger people who don't, can't even afford the deposit these days. Also, if you have a significant proportion of the population in public housing paying 25% of their income on rent, not 50% or 60%, you have a massive amount of money, billions of dollars, which is released into the community, which would kickstart the economy. simple there's a huge amount of benefits to the community people say well that money that's collecting stamp duty is used for other things well it's mainly been used for infrastructure development so what if we've got to wait another 12 months or a year or two years or three years for a bit more another road another railway station when we can actually secure people's future so what are we going to do about it well Public interest before corporate interest, which I'm secretary of, have made this a priority for 2019. And we're going to keep this issue on the boil. And starting on the 6th of February, that's Wednesday the 6th of February, we'll be rallying outside the Victorian Parliament at 6am. That's right, 6am to around 9am, every Wednesday in February, starting on the 6th of February. Why 6am? Have we lost sense of uh, our marbles? I'll tell you why 6am. It's an excellent time. 6am is the time that homeless people, which are temporarily housed in Burke Street, 50 metres from bloody Parliament House, are ejected from that emergency accommodation to wander the streets. So it allows us to interact with people who are homeless And between 6am and 8.30am Thousands of people pour into the city Thousands And we will be rallying under the same banner Which we used during the 10 day campaign Because we're going to make this a significant issue in 2019 Irrespective, because we are the opposition We are the opposition. Look at the lacklustre opposition of the Victorian Andrews-led Victorian Labor Government we have in this state, in the state of Victoria. Lacklustre opposition. And everybody else across this country should consider following the same campaign. Because if we address the issue of housing security, we address this issue... We as a community can make significant changes to the lives of millions of people in this country and have a hugely positive effect on business, especially small business, and on community security and family security. It's all interlinked. Join the dots. My name is Jasper Scannell. This is The Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, as I said, I'm Secretary of uh, Public Interests before Corporate Interests, and this year we aim to register a federal political party, not before the uh, next federal election, but by the end of the year. Currently, we have almost 400 people on the Australian electoral roll who are members of public interest before corporate interests, an inclusive, inclusive political party, which uses both direct action, as you see by the uh, 10-day protest, and also uses... Uh, Parliamentary politics. We use both, both direct action and parliamentary politics. So, if you want to join public interest before corporate interests, we're in the uh, state of uh, revamping our uh, web presence, and uh, we're hoping within the next uh, ten days to have a reactivate our YouTube channel. We've reactivated our Twitter stream. And uh, we're uh, redesigning our um, presence on the net So why public interest before corporate interest And a f- fancy waste for the many, not the few Because over the last 40 years We have seen power shift Power shift from Parliament Into the hands of Unrepresentative into the hands of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. We have seen an extraordinary shift in power where Parliament no longer represents the interests of the people. It represents the interests of that small group that manipulates and dominates economic activity in this country. At the same time as we see this community and social consequences of these policies... We have seen the rise and rise and rise in our community of division where race is pitted against race, religion against religion, neighbour against neighbour, all in order to gain some short-term political advantage. People see that the problem is the other, the person of a different colour, the person of a different nationality, the person who speaks a different language, the person who has a religion or no religion. The other has become the problem. And as a community, we are tearing each other apart because we are not willing to address the main issue. And the main issue is structural inequality. The main issue is the pauperisation and marginalisation of the majority of people in this country by destroying the organisations which in the past have acted to protect people, by passing legislation that makes it impossible for people to strike in this country, to withdraw their labour. By passing legislation which makes political activity restricted to such a degree, a degree that change is almost impossible. And I've noticed that with the media ascendancy of the uh, ultra-right, that people are calling on the government to use the powers they currently have to proscribe or ban these organisations. Don't forget the Attorney-General has significant, extraordinary powers in this country. The Attorney-General can ban any organisation at any time because he or she thinks they may may pose a threat to Australian society. So any organisation can be proscribed or banned with the stroke of a pen and if people continue to belong to those organisations or provide financial support for those organisations they've been jailed for up to 25 years so if we go on this little banning exercise I can assure you it may be some, you know, one or two ultra-right groups today but tomorrow it'll be us that's right because we are a threat to the government of the day we are a threat to dominant ideology because we are talking about reversing the changes of the last 40 years. We are a threat because we talk about using peaceful mass direct action. We are a threat. And the government has everything, every piece of legislation it requires to deal with you. So think about it This is the Anarchist World this week Broadcast across Australia Via the Community Radio Network Now you know when you used to go to school And you come back from school holidays And your first essay would be in the English cast What did you do? Yeah, my school holidays were particularly boring Because I used to work But I've been away for two weeks, you've been listening to pre-recorded programs and I thought to myself that it was time to have a look at a part of Australia which I haven't looked at for about 20 years and that's regional and outback Australia. was well, easy to think about that Australia is the CBD of the major capital cities Because you'll find that most activism occurs in the CBD of most uh, capital cities and somehow we think that's Australia. Well, travelling 6,000 thousand kilometre by road, not fly in and fly out, but by road, in some of the most inhospitable parts of this country and many important regional centres, the single most important thing that I learnt was that private enterprise has nothing to offer regional and outback Australia nothing we may see as the cities grow fat and bloated through, by government support and through you know, business activity we may think the same policies can be used to reinvigorate regional and outback Australia. Well, you can't. You can't. You need industries. And this is a perfect place for you know wind farms and solar farms, not the private sector, but public owned publicly managed farms, solar panels, wind farms which can actually supply energy to most of Australia as well as surprise, work to a significant part of Australia and actually revitalise these centres because they do need revitalisation. A few survive through tourism but most need revitalisation. And there's no way the private sector is going to provide anything. And that's why I find it extraordinary that these uh, many of these places continue to bring back National Party representatives. Because these National Party representatives have been beating the privatisation drum for decades. And no wonder we see the like of uh and Hansen been able to exploit the situation. Because the cities have forgotten about regional Australia, and especially outback Australia, and especially Indigenous Australians. Just forgotten. Out of sight, out of mind. It's all about what happens in the CBD of the major capital cities. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. As I said before, we are going to utilise the social media a little bit more this year, a lot more. I'm hoping to do a YouTube uh, presentation for an hour every week, starting sometime this week. And I've restarted activating the uh, Twitter site, uh, Pibsi, P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U. Because I think it's we've reached a... Critical time in Australian thinking We can continue to beat the same Boring drum And get the same boring standoff And get the same boring inane results Or We can try to make this an inclusive country of a political party, PIPC, public interest before corporate interest, which highlights that the central issue facing each and every one of us is the centralisation of power and wealth in fewer and fewer hands. And if we want this to change, as we see around the world, this will only change when it's confronted through di- peaceful direct action and party politics. So this is your chance to join public interest before corporate interests. Download the application form, PIBC, P-I-B-C-I dot net, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Ain't got a computer, got a phone. Leave a message on 04 39 Contact name, address And I'll send you out some application forms Or, haven't got a phone Only got a pen And a $1 stamp Write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 Now talking about privatisation The greatest Shareholder returns and profits that can be made currently in the Australian stock market is by investing in transurban. Now many years ago, over 20 years ago, the Kennett regime entered a pact which was made in Hades where they gave transurban the power, a monopoly, a monopoly for a few billion dollars which they spent building a tunnel, a monopoly on travel between one side of Melbourne and the next. A monopoly. Not only did they give them a monopoly, they also agreed to use the police and the court system to chase people who actually not did not pay fines for travelling on this privately owned road instead of getting Transurban to chase its own defaulters as every other private company does we have the state government running around in circles blocking courts wasting police time collecting extraordinary fines which can total tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for people who have not been able or unwilling to pay. Now to make matters worse the Andrews led Labor government has re-entered has given Transurban another 10 years that's right another 10 years monopoly on the use of the tunnel under the Arra in Melbourne. And not only that, it's also because they're going to help build a tunnel under the Westgate Bridge for which they will have a monopoly for decades. And not only that, what we saw when it was initially set up was we saw public roads which were given to Transurban, which continue to be tolled by Transurban on the entries to the tunnels. This is an extraordinary situation where something that costs a few billion dollars, which could have been paid by the taxpayer, and the taxpayer and the Victorian government could have actually put in a toll, which would have gone into redeveloping more roads, Going into the hands of a private corporation which is making money hands over fist and which will be paid compensation up to 1.5 billion dollars if the new tunnel they are building doesn't appear on time. This is an extraordinary situation where well, we have governments making deals that last decades although they're only elected in, you know, for four years or three years. It's an extraordinary situation Think about it Now if this had been public property From the word go Billions of dollars Would have been raised through tolls Which would have gone into Expanding The current system We wouldn't have had to privatise The Port of Melbourne to find the money To build new infrastructure But no as a government and as oppositions, we've all decided the way forward is through privatisation. Giving away public assets to the private sector. Removing regulations, which were deregulation, which were put in place to protect people and people's interests. Allowing the corporate sector to dominate the economy, corporatisation. And allowing transnational corporations to basically uh, set their own rules, globalisation in terms of trade and in terms of legislation. Extraordinary situation. If you think it's going to change by voting in one of the major political parties, well, think again. Think again. Think again. Now, there are some... As you know, I don't normally comment that much on overseas events, but sometimes you're forced to. Sometimes... You're forced to look at the situation. And a few things that I found fascinating is one, the yellow vest protests in France, which started spontaneously. They weren't organised with the trade union movement. They weren't organised, it started spontaneously because of the economic pressures that people were feeling. The same type of economic pressures that we're feeling here. And the same type of economic pressures which will Increase during the next 12 months as economic conditions deteriorate, and how direct action can have significant positive effects. The other thing is this uh, America's main ally, apart from Israel and the Middle East, Saudi Arabia extraordinary little place an extraordinary little place which I'm familiar with extraordinary place a feudal absolute monarchy that's right a feudal absolute monarchy as we've seen with the current situation of the 18 year old in uh, Bangkok this is Australia's main ally Sorry, the United States' main ally in the Middle East. This is the country that El uh, Presidente visited when he first became president to uh, sign off on a $100 billion, $100 billion loan, $100 billion contract for uh, armaments. This is the country that's been bombing Yemen back to the Dark Ages. This is a country which feels immune from the most basic human decency where our critics are kidnapped, murdered, dismembered and liquefied. This is a country that continues to carry out public executions for so-called social crimes. If you renounce your religion in Saudi Arabia, it's a capital offence. Punished by public decapitation. This is a country that continues to decapitate people in the streets. Making IS look almost like a uh, poster boy or poster girl. This is a country we kowtow to, trade with, honour. Just an extraordinary situation. This is a country that... Uh, that uh, Follows a gender apartheid line That's right, if you're a woman in Saudi Arabia Big problems Guardianship scheme. Can't do anything unless you've got a bloke A family member or somebody to uh, tick it off You know So this is a country that doesn't even have footpaths Because they're concerned about mixing of men and women In public space and the reason I mentioned is, I mean, there's a lot of other countries in the, in the world that are significantly evil places, inherently evil, structurally evil. You know, I could list them off now. But the thing is, this is a major ally. This is a country that has been supported, bankrolled, protected by the West for generations because we seem to have forgotten that when we're dealing with other countries that somehow we need to look at their own human rights consequences I know everybody likes to jump me down regarding the Chinese human rights but how about all these so called allies of ours that have some of the most extraordinary laws that are used to socially control their populations, where people have no freedom. Minimal freedom. It's for the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the community radio network. So, what do we expect to do over the next, uh, ooh, 12 months? I'm afraid because the year has, the new year has arisen, it's the same struggle. It's the same situation. It's about inequalities in power and wealth. It's about increasing inequalities in power and wealth. It's about the state. It's about the individuals losing protections against the arbitrary exercise of state power. For example, in Thailand, if you say a few bad things about the royal family, you can find yourself in jail for life. In Indonesia... Seven year prison sentence If you if you Criticise the president In Nigeria we've just Currently seen uh, Some journalist jail for criticising El Presidente there The list goes on and on We've seen around the world More and more Nation states Using the power of the State not to improve the lives of the people of, in that country but to actually cement control cement control in those countries via legislation look at Poland look at the legislation to be going through look at Hungary and all these uh, nation states that are using the power of the state One, to enrich themselves And two, to set parameters in place Which restrict what people can say and can't say And those people who think that somehow Australia Australia, alright Australia is a little bit different Think again Think again We have a constitution in this country Which provides minimal protections for rights it has no protections for rights apart from the right to religious freedom which is an important right or the right not to be religious again going back to Saudi Arabia I can assure you that 70% of our the listeners would uh, be up for execution atheism is a capital crime renouncing Islam a capital crime Everybody's been following this 18 year old in Bangkok. Remember, the main issue isn't her family. The main issue is the state, which is legislation in place, which means public decapitation for people who renounce their religion or, you know, and, and hundreds of other so-called so called crimes. Don't get back to Australia. Do we have freedom of speech? No. The reason you listen to me today on the anarchist world this week is because I'm powerless, alright? Let's be realistic. I've got no power. If I had any power, I could be prescribed tomorrow by the Attorney General. Tick, bang, banned, can't speak. It's in the legislation. Go on a wildcat strike, find $10,000 a day. Your union, if your union is involved, bankrupted. Legislation. So, yeah. There's a, a little bit of a dispute between the state and the federal government. The federal government can send in troops. Legislation. No compensation for any damage. No compensation for anybody killed. End of story. And if you think I'm talking about a third world country, think again. Think of the data laws, the metadata meta, meta laws. Think of all these laws that are now being put in place. To actually control people and control what we can say, what we can do, how we can act, how we can associate, who, who we can associate with, what is a legitimate idea and what isn't a legitimate idea. where well, the state becomes the final arbitrator because in Australia there are no constitutional protections for human rights. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. And just in case you're around Melbourne town on uh, Sunday the uh, 20th of uh, February which isn't very far away once again we'll be holding the annual commemoration commemoration for Tuna and Melbourne Hina two indigenous freedom fighters who were executed, publicly executed in Melbourne on the 20th of January 1842 and why do we bother? Well we bother for a reason and the reason is that we need to one acknowledge the brutality of the colonisation process. I mean I'd like to see the 25th of January declared National Indigenous Freedom Fighters Day. These were men men and women together who took up arms against the colonizers and who paid and the two men involved, Tanaminua and Morbohina, paid the ultimate price and were hung and the three women involved, Planobina, Putirano and Traganini, were eventually deported back to Flinders Island and then to Oyster Cove. In Tasmania So one of the main Things we were asked by the Uluru Mm -hmm. Conference over a year ago Was to acknowledge the past Tell the truth By joining us At the Tanah Minowai Commemoration At midday On on Sunday the 20th of uh, January You will be doing that You will be acknowledging past Now if you can't make it Community radio station 3CR in Melbourne will be broadcasting the first hour of the ceremony on 3cr.org.au. Anywhere else in Australia, you can pick it up on 3cr.org.au or listen to 855 on your AM dial if you're in the Melbourne regional Victoria area. So, and then at 1 o'clock, we'll be walking down to the Queen Victoria markets to what we believe is their last resting place. It is a Sunday. It is school holidays. It's a great chance for you to bring children. It's a peaceful uh, rally. Come along, listen to the speakers, get the children to understand what this land is all about, about the original traditional owners of this land and uh, how they paid the ultimate price for defending their land, defending their families, defending their cultures. The type of thing that we honour people for who died overseas in wars that have been fought by this country since Federation in, in 1901. But people we ignore. So I expect to see you there. It'll be a great day. Great day. Uh, I expect you to see you there. If you can't make it, we well, can always listen to it on Community Radio 3CR. You've really to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. If you've got any $1 stamps, throw them our way or involved in a. Uh, Mass mail out for public interest before corporate interest. Actually two mass mail outs. Post office box twenty, Parkville 3052. Want to learn more about anarchism? Go to anarchistmedia.org. Uh, want to learn more about Pipsy, go to Pipsy P I B C I dot net. Want to learn more about Tunaminua and Moor Bohina, go to Tuna mall dot org. Wanna learn more about uh, uh, Activities I'm involved in go to my personal Facebook page Toscano for the public. You can always leave messages on 0439 395 489. They're vitriolic, don't bother, I don't listen. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. Remember, it's a new year, same struggles, get involved, get involved, get involved, get involved. Nothing changes if you're an internet warrior. Nothing changes if you're a television slob. So the only way things will change is if you get out of that chair, remove your finger from the uh, your mouse and get out there and get involved. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week, courtesy of the Community Radio Network, broadcast across Australia. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au crorgau Listen to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network, next week. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse, 10 a.m. every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events.